In the early summer of 2016, a young Indian teacher set out on a journey of 13,000 plus kilometers all across India. He traveled in unreserved compartments and went from northeast to the north, then to the south, back to the northeast in two phases. The two journeys almost took his life, but he survived to tell the tale. This is his story. August 2nd, 2017 Since all other things, except the things which really matter, are fading away from life, it is time to record the journeys by rail. I did this year. I travelled in search of a job with a brutal skin disease now cured on my face and my fingers for a total distance of more than 13,000 kilometers from the beginning of this year till June 18th when I finally arrived at the place where I live and work now in the mountainous state of Nagaland in India's northeast and where I still sleep on my head on the backpack I carried on my back from the top of the subcontinent right down to the peninsula. It is the same backpack on which I put my worried, strained and dreamy head and slept on the platforms of so many railway stations. The railway stations and the places surrounding them I will describe to you. You will hopefully miss nothing. I went very far. Those who go far in search of a job as well as madness may really get something out of my tale, which is a tall tale and yet not a tall tale but certainly more interesting than the life of Pai. No reality show or Big Brother can match it. They say that a sentence of death concentrates the mind like nothing else. And so, during the one and a half month, that's 45 days roughly, travel I went through, more by compulsion, I was swung from one end of India to another. Swung because I did not feel many times that I was traveling on my own. I felt that I was part of something bigger. Goes with the territory, you might say. If one sits far too long at railway station platforms, one is bound to feel that way while waiting for trains and having to spend the time observing people from beggars to millionaires to animals and if that is combined with chance of possible death then the whole scene creates strange patterns in the head. Patterns which make you stay awake half the night while the charger of your mobile phone keeps time blinking on and off twice every second while you lie alone in a dark hotel room somewhere far, far away, not from civilization, 
but from all that you have worked for throughout your life seeing it all collapse feeling the incredibly painful strain of your backpack straps and your hand luggages hands as you get down in the middle of the night at strangely named stations like kagasnagar paper town literally or peer through the window of your general compartment and in the darkness of the night or the gentle first light of day see the flower strewn courtyard of someone's home pass by and think when will i finally have a place to lie down and sleep just sleep in a capsule i have already told you what went through my mind during this journey which nearly stripped the flesh from my bones so now i am free to describe what actually i saw while i made this round trip of india to random places all in search of a job i can't even believe i have a place where i am sitting and writing all this but i guess some stories are meant to be written down someone who lives above wants them to be written down even when the odds are completely down and life seems to be playing a cruel game that's what i went through watched strange scenes and had strange conversations with vagabonds and nearly tasted the pattern of a policeman people normally don't write these things this is the story of a down and out indian told with a different twist i am writing it so that you feel a shiver inside at even the normal things that surround you whoever it is you believe a destiny your own web spirit your mom help you if you find a single precious thing in whatever i am going to tell you because if you do it means your mind is infected just like mine was and is although i don't wish you to get infected hands and face like i had during those nearly 50 hellfire days i'm now nearly cured but i wish you are bitten after listening to this that is why all writers write all storytellers tell their stories after all even if their story is not a journey on a magic carpet mughal sarai uttar pradesh india may 4 2016 it is nearly 4 in the afternoon i get down from the train to delhi which has carried me 1 and a half thousand kilometers from dimapur in nagaland up is as hot as i imagined it to be the platform at mughal sarai is strewn with orange red petals of some flower which have all dropped from a tree in the middle of it the heat sultry warm is as i imagined it would be in this part of india as i step out of the station 
and into the throng of massive crowds of auto rickshaws, taxis and four-wheeled vehicles. I realize that where I have actually arrived is Varanasi and that Mughal Sarai is its station. Is it coincidence that when I catch the auto to take me to the state transport bus stand here, the guy I find sitting next to me is from Sikkim, the state far from here in the Himalayas on which my first travel book is based. See Sikkim Unbound, Amazon.com ebooks. His name is Abhinay. Turns out he runs a taxi service back in Gangtok. We are getting caught repeatedly in traffic jams as our auto gets stuck at different places even in the brief distance to be covered between Mughal Sarai and Varanasi proper. Abhinay is wearing a short and t-shirt. He notices the skin infections, now blazing loud marks over my hand and face, starting to get inflamed in the heat of North India. But that doesn't take anything away from his friendliness. As we make our way through Varanasi traffic, we exchange phone numbers. I am strangely delighted to be in UP and imagine one day visiting the Sangam in Allahabad a place I have chalked up in my mind, little knowing that what is in store for me. But a tight knot of apprehension starts forming in a corner of my mind already. Abhinay tells me that if I wanted to eat the best pork preparation, then I would have to visit Sikkim. This happens when I point out the pigs roaming free in the garbage heaps on the road here and wonder aloud if they are meant at all to be used as food. Varanasi, UP, a little after 4.30 p.m. May 4, 2016. Basically, what I see of Varanasi in the short hour I spend there before setting off for another town Jaunpur makes me realize in situ that Benares, the anglicized name of this place, is nothing less than a huge, huge urban settlement which is crisscrossed by twisting curves of the Ganga River and spawned like a massive necklace all round with short bridges and that the place is still dominated by its Muslim architecture from the Middle Ages, which fantastically stand out, even in this 21st century, at every road corner. What brilliant pieces they are, or maybe what I should say is, what brilliant monuments they are. Some from two or three hundred years back, some constructed just a hundred years or so ago, but all of them built up of intricate lattice work and decorations 
complete with adorable onion domes, meeting the eye this and that side of the road. I take photographs of the Ganga at Benares on my cell phone while Abhinay goes on chattering with the auto rickshaw driver about whether he will be allowed accommodation at the military cantonment near Varanasi, which he would be heading for given the fact that he is in informal dress. Read Shorts and Tea. Varanasi gives me an idea of openness, of vast open spaces in spite of the dense urban settlement and terrible traffic jams all around us. Okay, here's the bus stand. Auto driver kicks me off. I part with Abhinay. The heat is terrible. I down almost an entire bottle of chilled mineral water. I am filled with longing at the street signs that says that Sarnath, where the Buddha preached his first sermon, is just about 10 kilometers from here. However, I won't be able to go there this time. I am headed to Jaunpur. The road to Jaunpur. 70 kilometers. The bus journey from Varanasi to Jaunpur is that much distance. It doesn't matter, given the number of places the extremely crowded bus stops. At places, level crossings, that is, railway crossings, where loads of trucks from Punjab hold up our bus far longer, even when the train has passed. Flickering candle of Chanawala, roadside snacks vendor, peddling his wares at night, seen through the bus window, makes me feel even more hungry. I keep bumping the side of my head against the bus window. Jaunpur, past midnight, May 5, 2016, and the two mad and helpful auto drivers. Jaunpur, the seat of learning in Middle Ages in Asia, this side of Shiraz of Iran, clearly takes pride in its learned past, given some signboards I see by its roadsides. Again, what strikes me is the architecture on my way to the railway station. The sit-outs spawning the bridge over the river Gomti are domed with seatings inside where people wait in the dark for whoever they have come to meet. The city is throbbing at night with kebab shops hung with marinated chicken and roadside eateries, vast jewelry shops and restaurants doing brisk business. To reach Shahganj, nearly 50 kilometers from here, where I'm expected to get my job at the South Indian School, I have to travel through the night on horrible roads full of dust with a racking cuff in a tin can auto rickshaw with two strange auto drivers. One is completely lame and sits on the floor of the vehicle beside the steering wheel beside his friend the other driver, and they are the strangest, maddest, and boldest pair on a mad journey I take this night. The time I start off from Jaunpur is past one at night. 
the last train for Shahganj has left. The director of South Indian School, Shahganj, is on and off on the phone with me every few minutes. And as he tries to give me directions in his South Indian accented English and Hindi, I keep getting more and more fed up and I'm nearly about to blow my top. When driver number one at the wheel of the auto rickshaw I am sitting in asks for my cell and starts chattering into it with the director of the Sage school. He understands where he's supposed to drop me off at Shahganj. They are going to charge me 800 bucks for those 50 odd kilometers. I curse my luck and agree with them. What other way is there in the middle of this night in an unknown place in UP? Once the journey in the madly shaking automobile starts, the two drivers, lame man on the floor and his colleague on the seat, take turns driving me through the candle and charpoy strewn roads of Uttar Pradesh at night. And I understand why they have charged me such a high fare. The road we take is dark, except those candle lights flickering in hutments and roadside eateries at nights. And so filled with craters, we could have been on the moon. Lame man and his colleague number one repeatedly remind me to hold on to my luggage for dear life Otherwise, due to the juddering of the auto, they might fall off. I grit my teeth and do so through the UP night until we arrive at the relevant road crossing at Shahganj. The auto nearly in pieces and the director of South Indian School, who has ridden down in an SUV to meet me, pays off the auto fare and the two drivers depart back for Jampur. The director treats me to a meal of roti sabzi, flatbread and cooked vegetables at a roadside thaba around 2 at night before showing me to my accommodation and I am unable to eat much in spite of my suppressed hunger. He notices the infection on my hand and face and performs a deaf slate of hand. He says he is going to transfer me to another school in the morning which, he says, is his sister's school or sister's school and that that is where I was going to work. However, as I was to find out later, that is not true and that is where I would be chased out very quickly. In fact, in a matter of a few days after I spend heavily, give my first demo class and I'm ready to start work but I'm mysteriously told that, quote, students didn't like you, unquote. They are frightened of you, quote. They cleared their throat and informed me finally that it is because of the sickness covering my hands and face. I just managed to visit a close-knit small village called Kutan in this district of Sultanpur nearby and spend my last evening staring at a brilliant blue peacock doing the school grounds before I am thrown out in this cruel 
and somewhat rude fashion next day and driven back to Shahganj. One thing I have to note, the chaat or roadside snack of assorted corn mashed potato, chickpeas, coriander and tomato drizzled with onion and lemon besides chili peppers and other ingredients I tasted in Kuthan is the best I have tasted in my life.